Welcome to my gay playlist and stories from outside the closet. My name is Liv Lombardi and I am your host. This is a podcast about coming out and the music that inspires our journeys. To me, coming out is an act of honesty. It's something that we do every day when we decide to live our lives as authentically as possible. I think you can be on any part of the LGBTQ spectrum and come out. You could be straight and come out. As long as at some point in your life you decide you want to live authentically and that goes against the grain. Where are my dreamers at? Where are my freaks and geeks and weirdos and losers and nerds? If you were ever told you don't have a place here, I'm saying this table is set for you. So take a seat and tell me about it. And we'll start with this. What are your stories and what are your songs? If you want to follow along and listen to each guest's particular gay playlist as you stream our episodes, head over to mygayplaylist.com. There you'll find each episode's corresponding song list. Until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I am very, very excited to have on my friend and fellow singer, songwriter, and musician, Eliza Hansen, who is based out of Milwaukee. Eliza, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself a little more? Yeah. Uh, how's it going? My name is Eliza. Um, singer, songwriter. Like you said, I mean, you really covered it all. Right on. Yep. Covering the bases. I maybe shouldn't yeah. do the whole intro before I'm like, no, hey, I'm like, you know, it's like, you? it's like one of those things in school. They're like, introduce yourself. And then that, and that pure panic goes over. You're like, what do I do with my life? What, like, I, I, am I going to mispronounce my name? Who am I? I know. Really got deep in the, in the first few minutes of this. Well, let's dive in here. So I'm, I was super psyched to, first of all, get your playlist. Uh, because yo, yo, it's dope. It's like the perfect um, blend of, and I don't mean to, I don't want to like pigeonhole here. No, but please like pigeonhole. It's essential, <laughs> like lesbian, yes. singer, songwriter, soft, tender, queer vibe. It really is. With like just some like classic bangers on there as well. Yeah, yeah. So I'm super psyched to talk to you about it. <laughs> I know. I, like, I, like, when we were talking, I was like, I should go back through. I have like this box of my uh, old CDs. And I was like, I really need to go back through that box because I'm probably missing so many artists that I, w- I wouldn't even have thought about. And then I did. And I was like, wow. So let me ask you. So you're from Wisconsin. You live in yep. Milwaukee now. Did you always live in Milwaukee? Did you grow up there? Yeah, I grew up here 20 minutes like outside of Milwaukee. When did you come to music? Was it always something that was around? Or your parents, musical, siblings, family? Not particularly musical. I mean, my mom like loves music and they lo- and my dad loves music too. And she would kind of like sing around. But yeah, I never, I still didn't even think music was gonna, I never thought I would be, I wasn't like the kid that thought they were gonna be a rock star when they grew up. I wasn't like the kid that was like, I didn't even do choir. Band, I really liked, band, anything? Marching I played band? violin. Okay, wait. Um, up until and up until high school, like third grade through freshman year, and then I was just so relieved that I didn't have to play the violin anymore. I was like the kid that like matched the bow stroke, but was not actually playing the note because I just like <laughs> did not. And I'm really mad about that. I wish I had actually. It'd be really sick if I could just like tur- like rip out the fiddle right now and just like add some stuff to my music. But anyways, we'll just. I get so off topic. I was a big lyric person. And my, mm-hmm. and my, and my dad and my mom had very different music tastes. Um, my dad was more like 
you know, classic dad rock and roll. Like for sure. Um, yeah. And my mom was like, you know, Joni Mitchell and like a lot of different, and then also just like, they both really liked, um, like really older classic, like Patsy Cline. And so I got a good, I think that my music taste, I'm really lucky to have the, the parents that I had and and their tastes. So you played violin a little bit. When did you come to guitar? When did you come to writing music? How did that how did that, How did that begin? happen? Yeah. I think I was 17 when I started playing guitar. Um, I did try it. I actually, like when I was maybe like nine or 10, I was really, I wanted to, I became really obsessed with like Joan Jett at like nine and 10 years old. And I was like, uh, I, that was like the phase where I thought I would be like a, a little rocker, but I didn't want, ever want to practice. Basically through like end of middle school, high school, that's when all of the like little gay feels started happening. And I needed an outlet. Like I was a, I was a big speed skater up until then. And so I got it out kind of that way. And I would just think about things. So I was just going around the track so like over and over again. Speed skating was your sort of like your meditation or your way to yeah, sort of process feelings for sure. and thoughts and stuff. Definitely. And a good distraction. Like I think I, especially, I mean, even now I just need, if I'm going through something really emotional and I'm not the kind, I don't like to sit in it. I like to try to like distract myself. I do like to sit in, in it somewhat enough to be like kind of a sad boy about it well, but you, like you need that as a songwriter right yeah exactly there's something, there's you have to wallow sadistic. a little bit there's something yeah. sadistic about us in the sadness where like when we uh, i'm gonna speak for myself when i have a sad feeling i like i'm kind of like oh this is good mm-hmm. i should stay here for a minute and think about this and <laughs> yeah. over it because i could write a good song it's kind of fucked up and i forget no, what so author said it but they said something was it dylan thomas i might be way off was it dylan thomas Someone said something about how I remember reading like songwriters and poets like we need we're never capable of living fully happy lives because we need that heartache in order to like yeah. create, which I don't know. I'd love to push the envelope with that and say like you can be happy and inhibit a creative space that's also full of longing and heartache. Right, and, right. But, I know because that's kind of like another narrative where it's like, oh, to like even with like alcohol and drugs, like people are always pushing like you as a musician, you're going to kind of like hit this bottom place and be this like really, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, I get what you're saying. I definitely, I can write, if I'm going through like a sad part in, of my life, like I'm writing song after song after song. And then when I'm like really happy, it's like, wow, am I even a musician? Cause I haven't touched mm-hmm. my book or my guitar. Like I'm just like living life and I'm happy. And like, yeah. I mean, I was like, when you, I mean, I know we're going to get to this cause you know, Chris Brica, like we share a, a, a love for Chris Brica. But yeah, that, that, I think like there was a lyric, we're in love with our sadness sometimes. Mm. Cruel and clumsy. I don't know. That song mm-hmm. slaps too, but. Um, yes. Oh, well, we are in love with our sadness sometimes. Yeah. I think there's something about sadness that makes that um, in, in sadness, like we, I, at least I feel like connected. I feel a little bit more of humanity. Um, I agree. And maybe that has to do with like, I think maybe we're happy to, we're, excuse me, we are programmed in our society and our culture to think like you can only feel happiness if you're deserving of it in some way. Like if you've checked off this, that, and this box, but I think, you know, happiness is a human right, just as sadness maybe isn't a human right, but it is a human human experience. experience. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I know a hundred percent. 
So, so you were doing a, like a lot of speed skating, you said, and mm-hmm. I remember chatting with you and you said that like you were maybe on track to go toward like professional, like Olympian sort of, it was that right. serious of a, of a, yes. it was like not a pat. It was like a very, I was very into speed skating and yeah, it was just more of a, yeah, like you said, it, um, it got to a point where I was going to have to make a choice of if I decided I was going to go to college, then I should quit speed skating and get a job to start saving up for that. Or if I wanted to like try to make the Olympic dream happen, then I would just, I I just kind of had to dedicate myself. It was a, it was a crossroads. And obviously, I mean, we can tell which one I just chose. Ultimately, ultimately you decided decided not really, not really interested in like putting all my eggs into the Olympics basket. Yes. would have been cool, but yes. so you went to college and yes. at that time you were playing music, you were starting to write songs or just like... So I quit speed skating and then I was just kind of lost. Like I, I said, spent so much time at the rink and if I wasn't doing that, like just training like outside and like I really kind of lost myself but I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about playing. I had like playing out, like played out with some like guitar recital type things. And I had always played my own songs, which was different. And I definitely was like very nervous for that, but it was a good experience that I got early. And then when I went to college, I met my friend Evan, who I had actually known in high school, but we had never actually talked that much. And he was like, Oh yeah, I write songs. And I was like, Oh, me too. But we both were in that like, boat. like nobody really heard the songs. We weren't thinking about like playing out. And then once I heard his songs and he heard mine, we're like, Oh my gosh, like, this is cool. Like we should like really try to do something with this. And then we formed like a little duo and started playing around campus. And then that's when like, I was like, okay, music is really, I didn't realize how much passion I had for it until I started like sharing it with people. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of so, how it started. So it kind of lifted the veil a bit of like, wow, this is something that's really true of me that I, that you wanted to keep exploring, which I think is right. so, so cool when stuff like that happens. Like you don't plan on it, but life is like, no, this is your path. Like I'm going to yeah. show you <laughs> how and why. Right. Yeah. So is that, is there a similar correlation there to like any experiences that you had in terms of like coming out and figuring out your sexuality, which you had mentioned were, or it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, was, was there a, like, was there ever... What am I trying to ask? Did you have like an aha moment where you're like, wow, I'm gay or I'm queer. I don't know how you identify specifically. I'm a lesbian or yeah. was it sort of like a slow burn. I mean, like something that you knew that you were just trying to find the language for. Yeah, definitely that. I had, I, I had always known like something was up. I didn't have the word. I didn't have the verbiage to like figure that out. And um. And so then, I mean, I just kind of started living in my own world because I didn't really know how to talk about it. I didn't know what was really going on. So I didn't share it with anybody. I didn't like, I mean, like, yeah, there was like Tumblr and things where like you can kind of have your own world, but um, music just became like, I just became obsessed because I could find these like female queer artists that, not even just few, I mean, but that was just at the time, I guess, like what I was going for and like finding all of them and then knowing that they're, they're singing about like another girl gave me some kind of weird, like comfort mm-hmm. um, that, and also felt secret enough. Like I didn't like, if I played Brandy Carlisle, my mom didn't know that she was a lesbian. She was just like, Oh, this is like, this is nice. Like, this is good music. And I'm like, yeah, she's singing about a girl. But like, I like didn't need to tell her that. So it was like very, like I was sharing like a part of me without having to actually be brave enough to share that yet type thing. So yeah. yeah. I think that that's so, that's such an important 
point that you touched on. Um, because I was, I was, so I was listening to your playlist. I was going through some of the songs and there's this, um, there's this theme in a lot of the songs. So there's that one track, um, there's that one track, uh, by, uh, uh Andrea Gibson, the spoken yeah. word piece. Maybe I need you. I think it's titled. Yes. Yeah. So maybe I need you is on there. And, um, there's this instrumental part towards the end where I think it's Kim Taylor is featured on it starts singing um maybe I need you in this world on fire Mm -hmm. and I was just listening to that earlier thinking like that is so true of so much of so much of our experiences I think as queer people at least maybe maybe not in the younger generation because it seems like they have more language and resources and um definitely what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, visibility of like yeah. what gay, I- queer identities look like. Yeah. Um, but it, I mean, 10 years ago when I was coming out, like I didn't really have that. I didn't have Same. that at all growing right. up. Um, and, there, and, and there was this uh, a push and pull that was very internal inside of me of, no, I can do this. Like I can be gay and I can be out and I need, and I want to do it by myself. And then there was this other side of me that was saying, but I need someone. I, I can't do this alone. Like, where's my tribe? Where's my queers yeah. that like I can talk to about the fact that I just made out with a girl for the first time or I right. just like had sex for the first time. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> did I do it right? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, right, right. Is this normal? Like right. um, the way I felt inside when I kissed a girl for the first time, it was like the stars aligned and like something yeah, made something sense. Something just and, went on, yeah. And it was just like, and at the same time, there was an element of, do I need to talk about this? Can I talk about this safely? Who will understand me? And maybe I'm just okay on my own, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, and I, I was listening to like that one particular song on, on your playlist, the Andrea Gibson song, and a few others had that in it. So I was curious like what your thoughts were on that um, and if you had any experiences that maybe spoke to those moments and, and, and influenced why those songs ended up on your playlist? Yeah, that's a good question. Dang. I felt like I want, I was such a, like a little, I mean, I still feel like very romantic and like, I really wanted, I had so much to give, especially at that time too. Like, you know, you're in high school, like you don't have these like walls up yet. Like you not had you, I mean, I hadn't gone through like my first real heartbreak and like nothing had, I wanted that so bad. Nobody even knows that I'm going through this right now. Mm, yeah. So how am I supposed, if I'm not putting anything, if you're not going to like put it out there, like how is the world going to like the universe or whatever, give you something back that you're, that you're wanting. And like, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, definitely I had a, my friend Logan. I met her through Tumblr. That was like a huge, I felt so, so, so good that I could find somebody. We were like in a, like in the same spot. Um, just like with not coming out to our families and like, it was like, not, not could, geographically, but like emotionally. Right. She was and, in Canada. And yeah, exactly. And it mentally. was like, and yeah, exactly. And like, it was just such a good support and it was kind of nice to have somebody that, I mean, we talked all the time and like, we're still really good friends. We finally got to meet like two years ago, like in person and like, but it, she was like my, one of my best friends, but like, she just knew this. I felt like she knew me almost better than like any of my friends in real life, just because like it was this whole side that 
And then having at least, we gave each other like the confidence, like, okay, well, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like, we're, like we can do this. Because in a way, she did know you better than all of your friends that you grew yeah. up with because she knew, she knew that you were gay. Right. And that you weren't out yet. Yep. So in a way, I mean, like, I consider it like she knew this piece of your heart that was so, I mean, hidden. Yeah. So you could be your full self with her. Not to say that, like, I don't, I don't think that our sexual orientation, um, our gender identities are it, yeah. all of us. But they're a freaking big part, dude. Especially at that time, too. Like, like yes. now, it's like I can't, I'm, I don't even think about it. Like, I feel like I told you that, too. It's like, now, I wouldn't even, like... I don't think about it. Like at the time I was like, is this guy attractive? Is she attractive? Like he's like, I was trying so hard to figure out like, why can't I figure this out? Like, and it was just so trying to find your footing. Consuming. Yeah. You like, you can't, if you can't figure, if you don't know who you are, like, like how are you supposed to focus on, on anything else? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you start like, I mean, like we are just like, if you started like, I don't know, losing your hearing in one ear, but like, this is actually maybe not a very good example. I don't know. But like, you would be like, what is going on? Like, I can't focus on like, why do I keep hearing like a, a humming or something? You know, like you wouldn't be able to focus on something like homework or like whatever you're so, I mean, I did, but you're so consumed. Like, I For sure. Know. Well, that humming in a sense is it's that part of you that isn't um, able to be spoken to. Right. Yeah. For sure. Like it's, it's, it's there and it's like tapping on the door saying, it's like tapping on the door inside the closet saying, Hey, like (laughs) I'm in here. Let me out, please. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I can be outside with you. Can I just come out and play? Right. You know? Right. So I'm, so I'm curious. I, I, I love there's, there's a piece of one of your songs that, um, we're just going to play it right now. I'm going to play a little bit of it and, uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. So this song is called Blue. It's okay. off of your album. It was an EP you put out. What's the name of the EP? Any Day Now. Any Day Now. That's right. I love this. It's the second song on your playlist. I was reminded of First Love. I don't know what it's about. And there's something really interesting that I also like through a little bit of research, you know, um, later on in your playlist, you have Don't Dream It's Over. And Gosh. also, fab song, Timeless. <sighs> um but I was reading an interview that the songwriter, I forget his first name, Finn, did um, where he talked about the universality of the song and sort of years after it, years after it was released, you know, and with the border wall stuff that was going on with Trump, mm-hmm. people were listening to it again and finding solace in it. And he, you know, he said something like, it's, I guess it is universal, but there's a universality to it that's really unspecified. And I think that's what makes um, it relatable. 
Yeah. Which had me thinking a lot about, you know, this podcast and talking about music in general and talking to songwriters. And as a songwriter myself, you write a song, it's for a very specific part of you. It takes a very specific energy sort of wave that goes out into the world. Mm -hmm. At least that's my experience. So when I was listening to Blue, I was thinking a lot about um, First Love and there's this there's this freaking lyric that we heard, the lyric, the night you kissed me in the attic, like you struck a newfound chord, it resonated through the chambers of my heart. Yeah. And that just like, it, dude, that brought me back <laughs> to my freshman year of college, dorm room, not my dorm room, this other girl's dorm room. Nice. We had been, it was like Cinco de Mayo or something like some stupid night. We were like drinking too much tequila. Yeah. And I kissed this girl. It was the first that time I had so kissed odd. a girl. And I remember like, even though I was, you know, I was 19. No, I was 18. Super drunk doing what college kids do, you know, partying in their dorm yeah. rooms. In that moment, I was like, whoa, it had that, like that lyric, it, it was like this newfound chord. Like I loved how you put those, I you put that imagery with it. Um, you know, as a musician, I I resonated with it, and it struck something in me. And I and that was one of my points of no return. I I will have to say <laughs> because I was like, dude, this is this is cool, man. Kissing girls is so that, much better yes. than kissing guys. And I hadn't kissed too many guys. I hadn't kissed right. too many people in general before that point. But anyway, I digress. So I'd love to hear about this song, Blue, and like what. When did it? When did it come about? And like, what was going through your head? Like, where did it come from? If you, if you don't mind, sort of delving no, into. No, yeah. I mean, that was so nice. You were like making. I was like, am I gonna get teary eyed? You talking about this song? <laughs> like, that was so nice. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it was exactly that. That whole song was um, like my freshman year of college, and. Uh, oh wow! Cool. Yeah. Right. I, maybe this is just a, a, a common theme. Like <laughs> we live parallel lives, Eliza. We, we did. We really lives. should be best friends. I don't. We, I don't know. <laughs> I think we went from buddies to some to really besties. Good friends from that. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So it was my freshman year of, of college, and I was like, I just come out, and um, I met this girl, and I was just like, I mean, head over heels, and it was it was so natural, and I like. This even, I mean, the the kiss me in the attic, like it was like I think that was maybe like our our like second or third kiss, but it was just in this attic, and like you know, she wasn't the kind of like girl. She was kind of like a like the says I hate you when they love you type type girl. So it was like she was like it wasn't very uh, confusing flirting. Yeah, right. So it was like, it, but in that moment, like it was just so. It was like. I hate the word tender, but it was just like so soft. And like, I remember just feeling this like whole, like my whole body just like, like, I was like, this is it. Like, this is so who I am. And like, I mean, and I think it was shortly after that, that I went back to my dorm room and I just like wrote this song until like, it was light out when I started. And by the time that I was done and I like hadn't really looked up it was like dark. Like my room was completely dark and I was like, Oh my God. And, I, and that rarely happens. Like it usually takes me a while to finish a song. And so, it's so great when songs pop out like that. Yeah. And it, mm -hmm. that's, and like, I think that too is like the, like the first and maybe only, like I, I still write love songs and like definitely still feel so deeply, but you know, that first love. And I think especially like 
But within like after going through so much to get there internally and like to get it just to feels to get to a place where you felt like you were comfortable enough to yeah to kiss a girl and to exactly be out. okay it was so intense and like so I mean this 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 blue I mean blue came out and it was about like my first love and just like I hadn't had any go- like walls up I I was just like so ready for it. Mm-hmm. And I mean the it's called blue too, like because like our my first kiss was in my dorm room, mm-hmm. and um, and I had these like you know I was a freshman in college, so like these blue lights like strung up around my you gotta have the <laughs> you gotta have the strung the up ambience. lights in the dorm room yeah exactly. I know I was like ooh I'm so cool uh but yeah it was in my dorm room and like I was so so nervous like I don't know I my my brother actually we talked about this like maybe it's just like a, a Hanson thing but I I think it's probably more general but like I just my whole body was like shaking like I could Mm -hmm. like feel I didn't drink at that time so like I'm sure it would have been if it was Cinco de Mayo and I had more tequila I was like oh that would have been so nice because I was just like (laughs) like my whole body just either way I mean I I know that I know that so well like how many times have you it's like um well it kind of so it kind of brings me to like this next point that I that I was thinking about listening to this. There's a lyric about, and it's before like the instrumental break. There's a lyric that speaks to like, I didn't have to go through any, I didn't have to face any adversaries or something like that. Yeah. And it seemed like you were speaking to like, like the worthiness of this affection. Definitely. And I think too, like at the time being 18 and like, I, I just kind of put, I mean, she really had no room to, she would, I put her such on such a pedestal because it was like, you know, that there, she couldn't have done, I, I felt like, like, how, like, how are you going to choose me? You're like me, like you're choosing me. What? Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, so I think that, that, that lyric, I was just trying to, like, I just thought of if I had fought like some crazy battle and I was like some hero or I really, yeah, I just, I was like, I'm just a normal person that like, and it's very, very grateful, but I do not, at the time I was like, not, um, sort of like in awe of it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you think that, so do you think that, cause that also like, also we have, I think it's the third or fourth song on your playlist is Pride and Joy by Brandy Carlisle. You know, to me, that song is about, um, she asks like, am I your pride and joy? Mm-hmm. Um, have I let you down? Like, it's all about like, can you say that you love me? To me, when I listen to that, it's like, have I done X, Y, and Z? Do, are you proud of me? Right. Um, and I, I, I just, there's, there's, a, there's a connection there. There has to be between this lyric in your song and, you know, the Brandy Carlisle song and also the journey that I think we go through as young queers when we're coming out, it's like when you finally connect with someone, mm-hmm. when you finally have that meeting of, call it what you will, souls, bodies, I mean, energy, um, and you ask yourself, like, can I have this? And, and, right. what, and what is that to you? Like, is it society? Is it, you know, is it like religion? Is it just our culture? Is it simply like thinking that like, I don't know, we're not good enough, which I think is like hu- a human, Definitely. just in a, a part of the human condition that is so 
um, so much more prevalent than we give ourselves, you know, credit for mm-hmm. having to like persevere through. Um, what, what, what do you think about that? Like, what does that, does that, pl- did that play into the writing of the song? Also like part of your journey in your younger years coming out? Right. Um, yeah, I, I never really thought about it like that either. Um, yeah, but I, there, I definitely like the, that song in particular, um, that the line of like, do you get me now? Like, uh, in the Brandy song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And am I your pride? I just remember, I don't know if it was, yeah, if it was, I mean, I was raised like Catholic and conservative and like, I never thought, I never thought I would be outright rejected by my family. And like, I just didn't want to let them down. Like I didn't want to like disappoint. So like that song in particular, like that's all that I kept thinking about was like, okay, if I tell my mom and my dad, like, this huge part of me, like, will they get me now? And, like, will I still be, like, somebody that's, like, worthy of receiving love from them? Like, that's what I was really worried about. And then I think, too, like, once I, once I, that theme definitely still, like, once I was okay with myself and I came out and obviously I'm living this open life, getting into the first relationship, I realized, too, like, maybe that's just a a theme that I'm weirdly going to feel throughout my whole life. Like, especially with thinking that these people that you're meeting are so amazing that they're, they're choosing you and you just want to be the best that you can be for them. Like, and I, and I still like, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's some wild experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, I don't really know where I'm going with it, but life is pretty, I mean, life or like what you're saying in general. Uh, like <laughs> both. Oh yeah. <laughs> I no. I I think that I. I mean, my opinion is that that just makes you like a conscious person that like is aware of themselves in the world because yeah, you don't you want to be the best version of yourself for mm-hmm. the people around you, which is ah, that just makes you like not a narcissist, right? <laughs> That's good. Like, at least we'll start there. Yeah. That made it seem like it was like bottom line, like, well, at least you're not a narcissist. Right. right, Well, well, okay. Let's, uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back to chat a little more about some of the songs on the playlist. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of My Gay Playlist. If you're interested in hearing Eliza's songs, the songs on her particular playlist, as we chat about them, head over to mygayplaylist.com. In the playlist tab, you can find every episode's corresponding song list. We hope you're enjoying yourselves. Now let's get back to it. We are back with Eliza Hansen, singer-songwriter from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I am Liv Lombardi. I am your host for My Gay Playlist. Let's chat about some of these songs a little more. Um, we've got the first one up and a few a few of the songs on the playlist. I'd say maybe there's like two or three maybe is Chris Perica. Love Chris Perica. Love Chris. Um, had always heard about their music like through the ether of like my <laughs> queer fam. Maybe, and like, yeah. yeah. Um, but never really listened too much. Um got to see them in New York City at the very beginning of 2017. Okay. Um, 
And I had just gotten out of like a four year relationship and I was like totally oh, heartbroken. Perfect timing and I was like, for that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that. I <laughs> yeah. was totally wrecked. It was honestly like, in all seriousness, it was like my rock bottom. Just my personal life was a mess. I was not just the relationship, there was just a lot of other stuff going on. Um, went to the theater by myself and I'm like sitting there, like cool. nervously drinking a beer. Like, I don't want to <laughs> know if I should talk to anyone. I wound up sitting next to their really good friend who was also there just to oh, like cool. see their buddy Chris play. Yeah. And chatted with them about just, they used to play with Chris. So it was cool. I got to like, I felt like I got to kind of have like a little more personal moment there and, and met them and chatted for a bit after the show. But their music was like so spot on for everything that I needed in my life. And their song, I think one in particular named Holy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was like, Love it. it spoke like directly to exactly what I was going through in that moment. Mm-hmm. To the west, to the west, I need strong hands to pull me up over the mountains before I love you again. Cause the sun burst the boat slowly breaking, and the weight was a mountain of old pain like I could They say, to the West, to the West, I need anchors. Yep. To the West, I need strong hands to pull me up over the mountains so I don't love you again. And like, for me, that was like, Ooh, oh my change. God. I, yeah, like, right, right. I was sitting there quietly re- weeping in Rockwood <laughs> Music Hall. Like, why is this so true? Because I was, you know, I didn't want to love her anymore. And I was, whatever, about to head out to New Mexico for like half a year to like try and get over it and record an album. And that was just so much of that. So I'm sure that Wrecking Ball and a few of these other songs had that for you during your earlier, you know, earlier coming out years and your teenage years. What what were those? Did you have moments like that? And, and what were those kind of moments and lyrics that kind of went right to... Right to the heart. Right to the heart. Yeah, Wrecking Ball too. Like I said, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier the. I was watching Logo TV like secretly in my parents' house and they had different music videos play on whatever weekend morning. For the younger kids listening to this, <laughs> if you are, Logo right. TV was a TV station that you only had if you had like a cable box. Yep. And it was like all lesbian programming, mostly. <laughs> Gay, but like mostly centered to lesbian yep. programming. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Great channel. Watched it in secret all the time. Fantastic. So did I. Uh, I'm like, thank God that channel existed. I mean, I wouldn't have found Chris Perica probably then either because, yeah, their their Wrecking Ball music video came on and I was like, this is so cool. Like, I was like 15 or 16 and just like obsessed. I thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, oh my God, I can cut my hair. Like, I mean, I knew I could, but like, I didn't think that it would be cool. Like the, the haircut, you know, that like lesbian stereotype, queer stereotype, like my hair now, like basically it's just like, <laughs> I mean, at the, like, I don't know at the time, especially, you know, 2009, 2008, whenever this was like, it wasn't as like, it was just really cool to see it. And just like, um, the androgynous look. And I just became very obsessed and, uh, because that was something that you maybe wanted for yourself but couldn't put into words. Exactly. I didn't to know when that, I... To have that identity yeah. and that presentation. 
Yeah, because I, I didn't realize how sheltered I must have been. Like, I didn't have many, I didn't have any really, like, queer people to look up to. And, yeah, so I saw this video, and I, I immediately went online, and I was, like, listening to all, like, the whole discography that I could, like, I bought the CDs. I just, like, bought them online. I was very excited. I listened to all the CDs. I was just, like, you know, when you're in high school, you have, like, the time and also the, like, passion to just, like, sit and listen. And I would, like, read the lyric books, and I was, like, that uh-huh. is so good. Like, these lyrics are so good. Like You read them over and over and over again. Yeah. I, my lyric books of my CDs I loved were, like, oh my worn God. out. Right. By, yeah. And, like, even just seeing, like, the cool pictures. Like, I mean, it's just normal pictures now, like, of an, a queer artist. And I was just, like, so... And I went to see Chris um, for the first time when I was, like, 16, 15 or 16, I don't know, in Evanston, Illinois. And I was just, like, it was the coolest. I mean, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Ask, so let me ask you, were you able to function when you opened for them? Because oh my if God. I, I'm not, you opened for them for like a number <laughs> of dates in the Midwest. Yeah. Yeah. How did that come to be? Like, were you just like fangirl wrote them an email and like, right. how, like, no, yeah. It's a weird, I mean, so yeah. So starting, I met them, uh, then when I was like 16 and then I just continued to every time like Chris was in the Midwest, I went, and then there's this one show in particular. It was a really really weird show. And I hope that that's fine. Just because of like the setting, it was like this Madison woman's with a Y like festival. And I, I mean, I had never like been, and I brought, my dad took me and I was the youngest. It was a very specific crowd. And I don't think that they, um, I remember like being like, why is that? Why are people like clapping more for Chris? Like, but they were just kind of doing their own thing. And after Chris got off stage, I like, had my CDs because I was like, this is the time I'm going to get them signed. I'm so excited. And this like big, like butch lesbian was like, do you want to talk to Chris? And I was like, yeah, I, I really do. Like I have my like Chris Parika shirt on. I was like oh such gosh, a fangirl. It's so embarrassing. And I really hope that <laughs> they never listened to this. I mean, I guess I've already said this sort of anyways, I actually got to talk to them for like a while. And I then was just saying like, I just started playing guitar. Like I really want to be, a songwriter like and I was like do you have any advice and um like Chris told me some advice just like you know practice every day like don't have any expectations just like do something every single day and um and then later I just kept I was traveling Europe with for a while back and it I was in Berlin the same time that Chris was going to be in Berlin mm-hmm. and I was like oh well I'm definitely going to see them there and so they and then it's like now as an adult as I got older the obsession is definitely still there but I was like able to speak now like around them like able to be like a functional human being yeah right and I was like (laughs) exactly I was like yo I'm like recording this this EP like finally and and I was like if you ever tour again like just let me know I would totally be down to open for you and then like I didn't think anything of it and then like a year later I get this email and it's like, hi, I'm Chris Perica's manager. Um, and like, we were hoping to have you join some dates. And I was like, <laughs> that's all awesome. I, I threw my phone across the room. I was like, this is not like, <laughs> I was like line, so dude. nervous. Like I was so, and like, and I remember cause I, and then the best, I mean, I should, I, I will end this story. The best part too was just, I had like said that story on stage, like the last night that, that I was playing with them. It was like the best moment, like, cause Chris got up there then and was just like, I want to say that I like vividly remember like 
Eliza coming up to me after that show and like how much it meant to me, a young person, like a, like coming up to me and just having so much like love for my music. And it just like really touched me then. And it's like really amazing to share the stage with, with her, like whatever. And I was just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I, I was just like, I mean, and I, sometimes when I'm feeling really down, I was like, watch that video. And I'm like, man, that was such a good, that's such night. a beautiful story. That's yeah. so amazing. And that one of your really seemed like the, one of the, I talk about this on the show, like the pillars of your, like the, one of the, the pillars that you sort of held yourself up with. Mm -hmm. um, you had that experience with. That's incredible. Today we're shouting out another one of our sponsors, who we actually still don't have yet, but we're working on it. So in the spirit of getting there together, I'm going to shout out you. Yeah, you that's listening to this right now. Thank you for being a part of this awesome journey with us. If you like what you hear, please feel free to leave us a comment rate, review, and subscribe to our show on any platform that you prefer to listen to podcasts. I will say I was very excited that Melissa Etheridge was on your <laughs> playlist because I freaking love Melissa Etheridge. A lot of her older stuff, not really familiar with anything she's put out recently, yeah. um, but grew up listening to her, had my first experience ever seeing lesbians in the world being out at a, at a Melissa Etheridge concert. <laughs> so funny too. Um, yeah. yeah, she did like the rock. Of, I grew up next to New York City. She did like the Good Day New York or whatever on NBC where they like play in Rockefeller Center. Cool. And I went in with my mom and my aunt. We were like eight. And there's just like, I was looking around. I'm like, mom, why all these women have short hair? And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. she's singing this song and she's like, you know, one of the lyrics is like, I want to kiss <laughs> you and no one's watching. And like all the women just like start kissing just them, like their partners. And it was That's like, crazy. I was like, mom, what's going on? Like, I had no <laughs> idea. Um, but I remember even then feeling like, whoa, this is kind of wild. Like, I want to know more about this. Um, Definitely. But I love the song that you picked, Fearless, because it is like this. I mean, the first line, when I woke up when I was 17, you kissed my lips in a bad dream. You showed me things weren't what they appeared to be, called me an angel and set me free. It's like... Isn't that screaming like young it, queer kid? To, like, yeah. To me, I was like, this is a coming out like anthem. It is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, I was about to say, like, if that isn't a coming out anthem, I don't yeah. know what the hell is. And it's like, I mean, I need a fearless love. Like, don't want, like, I don't know. It's just like, it was just like, sometimes I would just drive around like at night in high school and I'd just like be by myself and I'd be like, you need to be fearless. Like, you need yes. to just do this or you're not going to have a love, like, unless you put yourself. Yeah, that song is good. Exactly. And and like it goes into the chorus. She says, like, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. And then she like asks, What am I afraid of? Right, right. I need a fearless love. It's like being afraid to not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Almost. And, and to me, that's like so much of what coming out is. Why yeah. we stay in the closet, like being afraid to be fearless enough to just say like, Hey, this is who I am. And maybe if it's only to just yourself, because mm -hmm. I'm aware that like some people can't come out, it, mm -hmm. it's not safe. Um, but to know that inside of yourself, you know? Right. right. I think that's the, it's one of the hardest parts, at least for me, it was just like, and once I could accept it, I kind of was like, meh, 
Totally. I'm going to tell everybody now. Like, I mean, not everybody, but I just, the hardest part was just accepting it within myself and yeah, getting over that hump. And music, it, I mean, it helps you do that. Like all of these songs on this playlist, like I listen to so much just to like gain the courage to, and like the acceptance of, of myself, like this part of me, I don't know. Like, yeah. So, so I think we have time for like one or two more, like what are some other ones on there that you, that you pick that are like, you want to shout out for mm. any specific reasons. Living room by Tegan and Sarah. Oh really? God, like the, I, I spent my uh, afternoon on top of you in my head. I was like, Oh my gosh. I, like, yes. <laughs> like I, I don't know what oh, that song. was about, but it, that's such a, I classic. don't know what that was about either. It's funny. Cause when I saw that on your playlist, I was like, okay, living room was like my obsessive over a girl for the first time. And I let my, like after I came out, I was letting myself just go there in my head. Without any reservations, I would listen to Living Room and be like, do they know the secret too? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to like, I want to look into your living. Like, I wish I was closer to this person so I could just right, stare right. at them all day. It's, it, it encapsulates that like longing, that internal yeah. longing for someone that's like secret so well. Yes. So well. It's so good. Yeah. I... That song is, uh, I mean, classic. I had all of those CDs too. It's like once I found out that anyone was queer, I was like, I need all of the CDs. Like it was really ridiculous. And you had another Chicken and Sarah song on there, right? There's one more. Yeah. I had the con con. too. That was just, uh, I, I mean, I think that was the first album that I bought from them. Um, and I, that, and like, also they had like a, a movie that went along with it. Did you ever see that? No. Oh my god! I'm so gonna let you borrow it. Um, Dude, mail it it's to me. It's so good. Like, mail, mail me it. I definitely will. <laughs> I like. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like them recording it, and um, I mean they're hilarious people in general. But yeah, it was just so cool to be able to watch that, and then like they kind of tell the stories and stuff that go behind every song, and um, so I was really obsessed with that that whole album too because of that. Last question before we are done is if you could go back and tell your 17-year-old self or just like your closeted young self, any advice, what would it be? What would you, t- what would you tell yourself? I, I would like tell myself to not, to not be so worried about it and not to – like I put myself through so many years of just like self – like critical and like hatred and and everything that like every single thing that I would have ever thought I wanted like has happened like I you know I first like you're gonna get it then it's, it's I mean just be less hard on yourself that's what yeah. I would tell myself my yeah. my younger self I guess it's okay yeah you got this honestly mm-hmm. like it'll be figured out just remain true to yourself and like don't rush anything if you're not ready and I mean don't worry about it I'm not sure if there's a kinder sweeter and more adorable human than Eliza Hansen if you like what you heard please head over to her website elizahansen.com where you can find links to all of her socials and all of her streaming sites so you can support her music on your own Eliza, thank you for being a guest on this week's episode of My Gay Playlist. This show was created by yours truly, Liv Lombardi, that's me, and Courtney Ortel, 
and co-produced by Virago Artist Management with additional support from Hannah Varnum. Music by yours truly once again, Liv Lombardi. As always, thank you for your ears and your hearts. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, write a review, and share with your friends. Until then, be kind to yourself and gentle. I hope you have a good week, and we'll see you next time. Change better.